Drogba in der Mitte, da Schneider, Schneider Hey, hey, hey, and welcome to episode 40 of the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community. From all across, from New York, America, we got our boys Yasin and Emre again. How are you boys doing? We're doing good, man. Right, Yasin? We're doing great. We're doing I guess Yasin is man. sad though, right? Cloud nine. Oh, I don't actually, you know what? I should speak for myself at this point. Yasin, uh, how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. I don't know what someone's talking about. God, I just won three nothing. You know, I did what? How else can I feel after that, bro? I, I don't know. Aren't you sad that Arda Guler didn't play or something? <laughs> you know what? I You're baiting me because I could have said something that would go against myself, but forget it. I'm not going to no, say no, anything. Say it. Say it. Come on. No, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no. Emre, how are you feeling, bro? You tell me. <laughs> bro. It's, it's one of those weeks where, you know, everything that comes at you just goes over your head because that you're in that mood where nothing matters. You know what I mean? You guys ever have those weeks where, like, someone could punch you in the face and you'll be like, thanks, man, and you walk out of here and you'll just keep smiling. That's kind of, that's the kind of week I'm having right now. <laughs> Honestly, bro, I hear it in your voice, whether it's now or, like, you know, the five minutes before we hit the, the record button. I don't know about you, Summit and John, but, like, Emma just feels... And sounds happier. And I guess it's because of the Gala game, remember? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. How can yeah. you not, right? How can you not? Well, aside from you guys, we also have Coach Canada. I'm going to keep it at Coach Canada, John, because I just like the way <laughs> it sounds, honestly. So, welcome, welcome. How's, uh, how's it over there in... Uh, in the Indian streets of Canada? <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. No place like home. Mm -hmm. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back as well, Summit, on this very special, special episode. Yeah. So welcome back. Yeah, of course. I had to. I had to, man. I said, you know, uh, to my little daughter, you have to wait. I know you're just three weeks old, but we we won a derby. I'm not going to miss There's that There's more podcast. important things. Sorry, little one. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, she's all equipped in uh, gala gear. She, she said, Gaga, Gugu, I want to join the podcast. Uh, I said, well... Maybe if a few years from now. I mean, <laughs> That's when you give your kids the line, you know, like you'll understand one day. Yeah. Or you'll yeah. understand when you're old enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when she takes the hosting reins from you, you know. That's yeah. when she starts hosting. Honestly, Oof, Emre, you're wait, doing solid. Like, I, I'm your number one fan. I've been yeah, listening man. the past oh, really? two episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah, bro. For sure, man. It's all really good. Gotta, gotta carry the torch for you, bro. Oh, I was thinking you can just take over, man. <laughs> uh, no, no one could replace you, brother. Stop that. All right. I think we should go into this podcast with a very special song. Um, I'm going to play it for y Yasin, especially. And uh, we can <laughs> just straight up go continue because, boys, we're leaders. With four points ahead on Fenerbahce, we are leaders. And they've been crying their asses out. And there's a lot of. Twitter activities, a lot of things that happen. So, well, bring it up. Like, what do you want to talk about first? Some recent transfer news, maybe? 
Yeah, well, I think, I think we can get the that. recent news out of the way and then spend the rest of the time talking about the game and all the excellent things mm-hmm. that came with it. Um, Summit, do you want to take that part or how should we go about it? Uh, you can take it, bro. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, transfer season has not officially begun. I think technically it begins in a week, maybe a little bit less than that. But, you know, obviously things are starting to heat up. And fortunately, and I've said this before and I'm so happy to say it again, for the first time in what feels like a very long time, we're going into the January transfer window without our head coach telling us for the hundredth time that we should wait for January for things to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say any names. I'm not going to say anything. If you know, you know. It's that simple. We're in January. It's January 9th. And for the first time, it feels like, okay, this team is already very good. And all we have to do is make one or two changes or additions, and that's it. Yeah. And as we discussed last Okan episode... cannot say, wait for this or that, because he doesn't need any transfers. He got the players already. What do you want I swear, I, Yasin caught me in a very good mood. You know what, Yasin? You continue, brother. Because <laughs> I, I, I, mean, I would looks, retort look, listen, with some Summit, stuff. Summit, Summit made a good point, okay? But other than the day, the transfer window, whether it's in the summer or the winter, the coach is involved. Always. Whether the coach gets his say or not, that's a different story, but he's always involved. And in the past, we've made a lot of transfers in the summer, a lot of additions, a lot of deductions, whatever. We've found some sort of thing. And for some reason, it always felt like one month later, two months later, we're just always discussing and waiting as fans. Damn, like we need that transfer window now because whatever we just did in the summer was terribly executed from a coaching perspective and a presidential perspective. And now that's not the case. So let's just get into it. I'm not complaining. I'm just sharing my excitement that all we're talking about right now is basically the left back position. Last week and the week before that, John mentioned, we talked about the news of a left back potentially coming in Aziz Beige, the Australian left back that used to play for Gerasen Sport, that used to play for Bashak Shir. He's rumored with us. He's foreign. He's He's old. He's Okay. You can go get that Bayram for that. Listen, we, we talked about those details last week. I don't want to waste time. Okay. That's all true. Okay, sir. But I'm, sorry, eh? <laughs> I'm just trying to get to the point. Wait, what do you mean he's foreign, though? <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's wrong about that, too. I mean, technically, he's Australian. Some it's right. But just the way that Mesut Ozil was you know, technically German, he was able to play as a Turk. And I think Aziz Behic, you know, I, I don't think, I know he can play as a Turk within the Super League. So that's all we care about at this point. All right, all right. But, um... Yeah, you're. You're. I think. Oh, I just realized. I think I know why Summit is not liking me talking about this left back thing because his boy Van Anholt is the one that's <laughs> kind of you know taking the hit here. Nah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's over. It's, it's over. It's over. It's, it's over. over. I, look, the thing is, I don't want to go too much onto him either because it's all about how you play a player, and under Torrent, oh my PVA god, here we go again, bro. Fine, uh, as you recall. He was used in a more of a defensive CDM type situation as well, where he would move into the midfield. And in this situation, Okan Brook is not like he just wants a left back and not the type PVA is uh, doing. Anyway, not to dwell too much on that. What's uh, right. what's up? Aziz Beige, okay, we talked about that. Uh, what else is there on our radar for when the window opens next week? So, as of today, apparently we're also considering Guray Vural. Uh, he's also a left back slash left winger. 
Uh, he's currently at Antalya Spor. He has a lot of experience in this league. Mm. A lot for Akisa Spor. Um, he played can't for Trabzon uh, Spor. Can't yeah. we buy him without hitting him? Like, vurmadan alabilir miyiz? What does that mean? Oh, is that, is that, a, is that a joke about his last name? Yeah, bro. <laughs> But it, t- it took me a second, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe when I have a kid, I'll understand these jokes a bit quicker. But that jokes on fleek. <laughs> but yeah, dude, the guy has a lot of experience. He, so currently, he's at Antalya Spor. He's 34 years old. He's five foot ten, so he's not like a, a complete midget like a lot of our other players. Mm-hmm. But the, like I said, the guy has experience, and as we discussed last week when we were talking about Aziz Beige, we kind of just need somebody to get through this season. That's Turkish, right? We don't want to spend. Five ten million dollars on a player that you know we're not going to need because we already have Kazimjan there, who who's nineteen years old, who showed potential of potentially becoming our starting left back for years to come. So you don't really want to hinder that by buying oh, he's another expensive player. Yes, he's thirty four, and you know it's old, and I don't really love that, but it's a temporary solution. I think mm. some of the rumors that I saw was uh, for Aziz Beige. Apparently, we agreed for a year and a half deal. Yeah. Which is, I think, yeah. ideal. You know, you're, you're not going to convince anybody to come for six months. Nobody's going to agree to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a year and a half is ideal. You come, maybe you do a year and a half plus one or something like that. Give a little bit of incentive for the guy to keep working past the six months. But um, so that's that. What do you What do you guys think about it? You know, 34 years old. He knows the league, but he, you know, he is a bit old. If If we're able to get Aziz Beige, I, I don't see a reason for this transfer. Like. It really doesn't make any sense. Like Aziz no. Beich is he's younger and we he literally just played every game for Australia at the World Cup. That's including against France and Argentina. And I shared in the last one his average ratings across those four matches, which was, you know, decent. Um, we still so have I, PVA, we still have Emre Tashdemir mm-hmm. and Kazim Tang. Yeah. Kazim Jan was is yeah. going to come back as well. So um if it's true and you know Aziz Beich is at the table, then I don't see why we would, you know, get anyone else or pass up on him. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't see why. I, I don't want. I don't want Guray. And can't can't we play Ali Turap on on on left uh, left back? He's a right back, but I don't know. Um, As his base is left footed, right? Sorry to cut you off, but he's left footed. Mm-hmm. Or John, would you, do you know? He yes, yeah, he is. He is. He's left footed, so I think he wants someone who's left footed on that left wing. Just like his uh, his his mentor, like people that you know had left yeah. foots that they can use on the wings, Yasin. And like, because the the, th- the thing Wait, is with this, the, the reason the reason why this is so important is because you know ideally, I I mean I don't know now. Like I was gonna say ideally to free up the midfield so that we could have um our regular midfield of you know Torreira. Sergio Mertens, but I don't know what happens now because Berkan's been playing so well. But mm. that's why the left back is so important, right? Because and, Kerem and mm-hmm. uh, Abdul Kerem, you can pretty much cement them in. Yeah, and the third mm-hmm. will need in right in left back. Sorry, but I don't know what's going to happen. With also, Berkan. don't forget about Berkan and his role in the Turkish national team, left back. So he can do that. He can do it, but I don't think he's good at it. So <laughs> yeah. I'd rather have uh, someone that's actually. A yeah. left back. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. let, let's yeah. just hope Kazim Jan stays fit. And yeah. honestly, Emre Tashdemir, I rate him so much. And, and he just, like, he's so consistent in what he does. And that's 
becoming injured, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> he's not yeah. bad. He's really not bad. I mean, he had an assist and a goal last time, right? Yeah, consistently on crutches, right? Yeah, he's good when he's <laughs> not on crutches, indeed. <laughs> but he's better now, so we have him back. Yeah. So I don't see a yeah. big deal for the left-back position, honestly. Um, like, what when Torreira is not there playing, what do we do then? Berkan, is that's it? What if both aren't playing? Like, that's Mitra. the thing. That's why we need a left-back that's Turkish, because you don't want that headache. Like, okay, yeah. oh, I can't play Berkan here. But let's say Berkan is injured as well. And you have three uh, Turks on the field, or you don't have three Turks on. What are you gonna do then? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it just gives you extra breathing room. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, for the Guray, um, the Guray Vural, nah, man, vurmadan da almıyoruz, vurup da almıyoruz. No need for that. <laughs> yeah, aynen onların olsun. And um, yeah, what else is there? Um, so Metahan Baltaje, your boy. My boy, our, our our center back, twenty twenty years old, twenty one years old. He's he's had a good preseason. He had glimpses of you know good moments when he played in the cup games, a couple friendlies, and he's very calm and collective. We all love him for this. And apparently, Konya Spor and Ankara Gujur are interested. There's not a lot of rumors on what kind of interest that they have. Whether it's a permanent move, whether it's a six month loan, a one and a half year loan, we don't know that, but. Apparently, it's up to Galside to make a decision on whether we want to loan him out. Mm. And with the fa- given the fact that we don't know a lot of details, I think it's safe for us to c- make a conversation with assumption here. And my assumption would be a six-month loan. And I- I'm fine with it because the kid's not going to find a lot of minutes here. We have our two main center backs, obviously, in Abdul and Nelson. And then we have our... Uh, I forgot his name already. What was that? Um, that new kid that we brought? Matthias Ross. Matthias Ross. Matthias Ross. And then you have Emin Bayram. Mm-hmm. So how many center backs do you really need? I'm not sure. I think it's good to have him, but I'd rather loan him out and let him play and then come back even better than he was before. Because the reason why he's so calm and collective today at age 20 is because he's had a lot of successful loan spells playing competitive leagues Emin? rather than playing for our youth team. No, not Emin. Metehan. Okay, yeah. Well, Emin as yeah. well, right? He's basically the same in my eyes. Like, I rate them highly. Emin was at Bolo. Yeah. I think we yeah. discussed him as well. Like, he played 30 mm-hmm. games when we mm-hmm. looked at our loanees um, last season. So, yeah. Both. Would you guys do it? Uh, if they yeah, get, for Konya. Yeah. Because for Konya. Guaranteed playing time? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. And if you have any thoughts on that? Though, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. Like, you know, especially with young players, if if he has a chance to go, you know, to a club like Konya, especially, and and actually play and develop, then of course I'm all for it. And I think he'll do well. Like, I I do rate him myself, and I think he does have a high ceiling. So, um, yeah, get him playing and get him um get him some experience on the pitch, especially in in uh, in this league as well. I I think a lot of times I I feel like some players. They might get sent to like second division teams or like, you know, they, they might be put in that sort of situation. But there's a if there's a good team, a solid team that's that's wanting him, then I think, you know, I'm all for it. It's it's great for him. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. Um, moving on then, uh the last rumor which came up today as well is regarding American Antalya Sports Striker Haji Wright. 
Mm. Apparently, I don't really believe this, but Galsa made an offer of 7 million euros for him. And I mean, that is crazy. That is nah. border, borderline Jagne numbers, which mm. obviously was a huge mistake. And Jagne was way more successful in terms of numbers in the Super League. He still is. Fortunately, <laughs> the tier of the source is, I would say, between two and three, close to three. And there's also a lot of Premier League teams interested. And Syria uh, Italian league teams. And if, if that's the case, like we can't keep up with, we can't compete with that. And I don't see Adam Tumor spending anywhere near 7 million euros for Haji, right? Yeah. But, you know, let, let, let's assume again, let's say we can get him for a few mil. Would you guys be interested in a player like him for Galsai? Few mil, yeah. Seven mil, no. Exactly. I, I can't think of the last time we spent over like five, six million in the Turkish league buying a foreigner and him like working out well for the long term. Can you guys name me like one? Amrabat wasn't bad. Amrabat. Okay, bro. Onyekuru. Okay. Onyekuru didn't come from the league, bro. He came from Monaco okay. or something. Our boy um, Ndiaye was pretty good. He yeah. was one of the few successful stories, I, I guess. Know. I think that's one that you could really say, oh, he did yeah. work and went yeah. for money. But, you know, he couldn't cut it out in the PL. He came back we just to uh, them the state. league. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is fake news, though. Like, it, it this doesn't seem real. I don't I, know. I, like, I think I, so, I, too. I, I don't see so why. Too. Like, why? Why would, we, why would we be interested in him? But like, yeah, what I'm saying is how many times we spend money only for it to blow up in our face? Oh, yeah, we of spend course. quite a bit. Of yeah. course. It's yeah. just not worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and to quickly bounce off of John's question, because I think it's a good question in the conversation, why would it be, would be interested in him? I mean, until basically yesterday, you know, we'll talk about it during the game too. But, you know, our strikers right now are Icardi, obviously world-class striker, number one option. And then it's Gomis and then it's Safarovic. And the two names that I just mentioned did not even play yesterday when we needed a striker to play. So it begs to to question, you know, who's our second striker? There's been rumors going on that we're interested in a a Turkish striker, but we haven't really come up with names or seen anything. But I'm really curious. Are we actually going to be interested in a striker this transfer window? Maybe it's a bit too soon to say. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a decision that we make towards the end of the window based on opportunities. But I, I have seen it. And I'm, I'm curious to, for you guys too. Are you guys interested in another striker? Do we do we absolutely need one? Or do you guys right now today can tell me that I feel safe with Budish as a second striker? I'm content with our strikers for now. Because like the amount of points that we got just off Gomez is... I know it's nothing short of miraculous, but at the end of the day, he's still delivered, man. This guy still has it. It's just he has it for a small, minute amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we. I think what we should go is for another Mustafa Mohamed Tars, you know, like type transfer. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's okay with waiting on the bench and then coming on mm-hmm. and proving himself. That that's what we need. We can ask him back, Mustafa Mohamed. <laughs> <laughs> I I, th- I think the only thing we're getting back from him is some money for that transfer. Inshallah, let's on. hope we get that at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and, I think and, that that story is closed, man. Yeah. But yeah. And then yeah. to answer uh, Yasin, are we content? Like, we play the whole season with only Eren Derdiok as our striker. So we're in a much better <laughs> position at the moment, I'd say. And it's also depending on what kind of team we're playing. If, if we need to really load the whole team on their half and we play on that side, yeah, Gomez is fine. He, he is clinical. He can stand there and shoot the ball in. 
if we need to come back from behind, really make those runs behind the, the defense. Well, we figured out today that Barish is a very good Burak Yilmaz 2.0 for that. So, um, And Icardi, of course, he's a low knee. Let's uh, keep that in mind. Uh, is also getting fitter and fitter. So I think for ending this season, at least, we should be fine. But that doesn't take away that we need to make a good planning for next season already in terms of our players, our strikers, and how we're going to deal with that. Because mm-hmm. what happens if Icardi's gone? Um, yeah. Gomis, uh, it might be his last season as well. Did he have a plus one? I think he had a plus one, right? Martins I think this had was a plus, his plus one. one. Oh, this was his plus one, see? Mm-hmm. Martins has a plus one, okay. Uh, but yeah, so lots of planning to be done for sure. And uh, I think yeah. Erdan Timur hopefully is already thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you say, Jan? Strikers, good? Good enough? Yeah, I, I would. So I think Seferovic is history. Oh, didn't even talk about him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's history. Um, Icardi, like, I don't know if uh, there's any plans in, you know, just inquiring how much PSG would want for him or if we can loan him again or whatever the case is. I, I think, you know, first of all, there should be some efforts made towards that because mm-hmm. let's face it, he's just a, he's a different type of player. Um, so there's that. Gomis, I don't know how much time Gomis has left. That's, that's the thing with him or else I'd keep him around for sure. But I think he's almost 40 years old now. So <laughs> the clock is ticking on that. We have Barish who's coming around. Definitely he's having just a massive season, like huge improvements in confidence and just the way he's playing as well. So at the end of the day, like looking for looking towards next season, if it's possible to bring Icardi back, I would definitely do that. If it's not possible, then we're going to need a striker, but not a guy like Haji Wright. I mean, mm. come on, man. Let's be realistic. Yeah. yeah. We already miss a lot as it is. I don't need another striker that misses a ton. Yeah, you need I a, want a more clinical. Guy. Yeah, yeah, guy, clinical. You know, like, what do you look guys? At- yeah, what do you guys? Sorry, interrupt. What do you guys think of next year, next season, with the foreigner rule? I have a feeling, and I have a feeling that Galatasaray has a feeling, or at least knows more about next season, and that the foreign rule is going to be abolished again. I don't know. It, it feels like that. I don't know. Maybe intuition. But then, we'll if they if they know, then why would they go and make a a transfer to the left back? Because mm. I, I think we're doing season, fun. maybe maybe maybe, but then a year and a half. Yeah. So, no. it's to me. I I think it'll be abolished because you know once Galatasaray gets a nice you know Turkish squad going, you know with three four alternatives, then they'll you know oh well we can't have that. Yeah. Let have us spend money and then they abolish that rule. You know, so uh I hope it's gone. It don't it benefits everybody. Yeah. Except those uh Turkish, you know, player managers. Doesn't benefit and them. Them and I think, you know, the the teams that have made investments in Turkish players as well. And <laughs> I think that's been the issue so far too. That's why I don't think they're gonna completely abolish it right away. A lot of teams and presidents are complaining, look, we've we've made our plans and transfers according to this multi-year plan that you put right and agreed yeah. to and executed. 
these these teams are spending millions, well, maybe not millions, but hundreds of thousands, which is a lot of money for them, for players with multiple year contracts. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if it were up to them, they would go bring these random foreigners for much cheaper, where they don't have to pay probably crazy manager fees, like you just mentioned, Emre. And only one or two of them have to hit, and they sell them for a million or two to us, and that's that's a great profit business for them, and they're still competing. Whereas getting all these Turkish players, where I don't know, are they happy with it? I doubt it, but you know, I I, I don't know. I I hope that they do abolish it, but I'm I'm very doubtful. Like, I, so what do you think they'll do? They'll start like reducing it instead of three. They'll do two and then one and so on. Then they completely abolish it. Exactly. I think it'll be a multi-step plan. You know, ease it out. You know, whether it's going to be keeping what we have for another year and then dropping it to four allowed and then five allowed. Or maybe four allowed right away next year and then five allowed after that. I'm not sure. But I think that's what's the best way to go about it. That's going to make everybody a little happy. What do you mean five what? allowed? Like five foreigners on the field? Five. Uh, five. Oh, wait. I, I messed that <laughs> up, I think. Because yeah. I was confused. But, I'm like, what does he talk about? Oh, we don't want no, more no. Turks on the field. But, we you, want but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you mean like we're at three right now, then we're going on two, then one. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're, like, capable of thinking logically, you know, our uh, Turkish Federation, but uh, that's that would be the smart play and the fair play to, yeah. to uh, go about it, but well, they don't care about that. The only thing I want is to commit to your goddamn decision. Like, how many times yes, have they changed exactly. it up, like, year in, year out? It's like, Bro, it's I, I don't get it, Summit. puzzle game dude they they keep saying oh it's better for the national team mm-hmm. bro what national team has this yeah, kind of my rule, bro? Ass, bro what team bro yeah exactly. i mean you could say england but it's different with england mm-hmm. right yeah what's so, well, and and this what does this create it creates a uh, tarik chamdals um mert hakan yandash irfan yeah Jan exactly Kahfages. Uh, Who would pay 11 mil for Irfan John, bro? Bro. Stop, bro. We'll dodge the bullet there, man. (laughs) Go drink your coffee. We'll talk more about that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like my black. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, not to dwell too much. Shall we go towards the game? Or even before we go to the game, I want to say one thing. I listened to the last episode, right? And you missed a big deal. Uh, a big important point was that Torreira, uh, his grandmother died. Uh, rest in may she rest in peace. And uh, when rest Gomez scored that goal, uh, sh- oh, yeah, yeah. he basically showed the T-shirt of Torreira, right? And uh, I think that was a very nice moment. Showed how good the team is uh, gelling and how big a family they are and the feelings they have, right? So that was awesome okay okay thank you salam alaikum my friend salam yeah. alaikum chim bom bom so yeah wanted to mention that before we go to uh, the Febe game John do you want to take away the Fenerbahce uh, thought you'd never ask bro <laughs> I thought you'd never ask I was gonna ask you to hype me up too with the there song you, you read my mind <laughs> <laughs> and you know I had a quick call with someone and asked him what they thought about the Fenerbahçe game, and this is what they said. Ama buraya bugün iyi niyetli gelmedi. Fenerbahçe'ye bak çok değişik şeyler yapılıyor. Bak. Yeah, yeah, well, that's odd, yeah, right? Stop crying, bro. Stop crying. Stop crying, bro. Stop crying, bro. Ben çok özür dilerim. 
Someone is bound to get them on their asses, you know? Well, one day. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. Bashak was the first, and yeah. now it's Fener. So <laughs> yeah. we'll have another dry spell, and then yeah. who knows? Yeah. Um, this, this match, it was interesting in the pre-match, just when the starting 11 came out. There were kind of some surprises. So I'll go through the 11. So we had Muslera in goal, of course. Uh, Sasha Boy, Victor Nelson, Abdul Kerim. Leo Dubois, it was playing left back. Uh, we had Berkan, Sergio, Karam, Mertens, Rashitsa, and Barish was starting striker. Uh, we had some people that sort of expected Torreira and possibly Icardi to start, and clearly they didn't, which, you know, worked out. I'm going to go over in a second. But um, we'll go through some stats quick and then talk about what we thought about it. Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned, this one finished 3-0. Possession was 63% for Fenerbahce, 37% for us. Shots were even at 13 apiece. And uh, we had an XG of 1.88 as opposed to Fener's 1.83. According to SofaScore, our highest rated starting player was uh, Muslera at 8.1, followed by Kerem at 7.4. But the highest rated player overall was Icardi, who came on in the 76th minute. He had an 8.7 rating. In 15 um, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I can, I'll start and I'll, I'll give my, my thoughts on the match. And, you know, I think very simply put, I well, think before that... Before you go, okay, yeah. John, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. the man of the match for you? And who's the worst? Gala. Um, for me, the worst player was Rashitsa. I didn't think uh-huh. he was effective today at all. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the best player, dude... I don't know, man. Muslera was ridiculous. Sasha Boy is just a world-class player. I don't know, man. Nelson and Abdul Kerem were ridiculous. Berkan again was just stupid good. I don't know who my man of the match is, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Everyone just played amazing. I'm sure you guys would agree with that. Uh, maybe one of those maybe the man of the match was the guy that didn't actually play on the pitch. Yes. <laughs> is that a possibility? Yeah, well, this what I was going to say Probably, was, yeah. very simply put, we won this game with such ease because Okan Buruk is so much better than Jorge Jesus. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have to say before but people Jorge start Jesus listening. But Jorge Jesus was the next Fatih Terim for Fenerbahce. What happened? I'll tell He's you the what next happened. coming. He's from, Jesus. Don't from you know? the get-go, from the get-go, I said, this guy's a fraud. From the beginning, 
the fraudulence meter was just going crazy on this guy. <laughs> and we were proved correct once again. Okan Buruk totally outcoached Jorge Jesus. And I'm sure everyone could see the same thing. Fenerbahce, you know, they play this game with... Uh, they play this three-back system with these four midfielders and with Osai and Ferdi kind of pushed a little higher who transitioned back and forth. Maybe and that's Okan, why Rashitska wasn't that good because of Ferdi because he had a great game, honestly. Oh, yeah. I think he was their best player. I think he was their best player for sure. For sure so it's quite possible. But mm-hmm. I mean, Okan Buruk just shredded this game plan to bits. He absolutely shredded it apart. Like this speed that we had with Barish and Kerem and playing this direct football, you know, over the top, attacking them. Their back three are so, so slow. These guys are like dinosaurs, man. Gustavo Henrique is probably the slowest Brazilian that's ever lived, ever, (laughs) ever. I think you mentioned that before, not the first time. Yeah, I mean, look, I've been calling it out for weeks. Fener will not be champions because they're defensively terrible. And we exposed it once again. So I congratulate Okan Buruk for that. The game plan was impeccable. And um, Barish, man, the speed that this guy has and the the trouble that he was causing their their back line was ridiculous. And, um, you know, I don't know how you guys felt at the start of the match, but Fener had a really fast start. They were really coming at us. But then it didn't take long before I could see what Okan was trying to do. And his 11 made sense and everything clicked. And... Um, yeah, we shredded yeah. them, man. And bef- before I pass it on to you guys, I'll just mention my usual sort of thing here. So the the first half, we had the breakthrough come in the 32nd minute. Uh, Sergio Oliveira scored um, off sort of a corner that Mertens had. The ball sort of fell for him and he just smashed it in bottom left corner. And we had two goals that were taken away as well by VAR before this. Due to offsides. Um, yes, due, due to the offside. So the, the half finished 1-0. And uh, we picked up four yellow cards in the first half, which was a bit worrying as well. Mm-hmm. We had Sergio, Sasha, Victor Nelson, and Mertens all booked in the first half. So what what, you know, what did you guys think? I did a tweet about the whole thing. And uh, basically what I said is, we scored as many goals as their illegal stars. And they counted only as many goals as their, as their legal stars. <laughs> and the difference in points is now as big as ours, which is four stars, so... <laughs> which is what they don't have. <laughs> which is a interesting coincidence, if I yeah. put the UFO music like that. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I just, I just yeah, want to quickly yeah. say, like, there's a lot to talk about, but before I forget, the, the two VAR you know, cancellations, you know what that reminded me of? Do you guys remember... I think we Bush became champions game? this game. The Bushak Shea game. Exactly, bro. Oh, yes. Do, do, yeah. do, you, do you remember how many times we scored? Mm. I think it was like two or three. Yep, yep. Where Onyakuru scored, Belhanda scored. Maybe it was all Onyakuru. He scored. VAR offside. Budama offside. Score, offsides, handball, whatever. And I'm like, this goal is fucking coming. It's just a matter of when because they can't keep stopping it. They can't keep calling offsides. They can't keep calling VAR. And that is a feeling that I had when I saw those goals go on and get canceled because, bro, we just kept coming. It was like, damn, okay, we can't score. You know, they can cancel it. Fine, we'll keep coming. And then we score again and they cancel it again. At that point, our team knew, okay, this game is ours to win. And Fenerbahce at that point knew, 
these guys are going to score again. I I hope VAR cancels it again somehow. I hope we don't make a mistake. That's when the game changed for me. And I don't know if I felt that way because I was already optimistic coming into it. But man, like this is one of those games where you watch and it's just like you feel comfortable. It's like easy. Like obviously it wasn't an easy game. Like it's always a difficult game to play in Kadukuri. But at the end of it, you just felt so eased and relaxed because the game was ours. Yeah. I don't know if you guys felt that way in the beginning, in the end or what, but man, that was such an enjoyable game for me. Yeah, it was an enjoyable game for me as well. But I want to touch a little bit on what John said. Uh, we've been saying this for a while now that everyone was making Fenerbahce to be out to this, this, this like space out of this world team. Whereas, listen... We started our season late. Our transfers didn't actually start playing, like all of them together, start meshing chemistry-wise until the ninth week. Look at where we are now. We have the best, in my opinion, the best attacking front in the league. We have the high stats in every, everything, almost. We're always top three, okay? And then what, what difference should, what, what the difference between us and Fenerbahce was Fenerbahce started the season way, way earlier than us. So they had the opportunity to get in form, okay, to get the, a little bit of the edge on the teams that didn't start the league early, like some of those unadult clubs, right? So they smashed them, 4-0, 5-0, what have you. You know, some of them because the other team got a red card, some, you know, shady penalties. We, You know, you can argue that all you want. But with us, we're, we're, we're, I don't think we're at our best yet. I think there's still more improvement for to be done. Mm-hmm. And... And this game just shows you, like, bro, this game ended 3-0, but, man, it couldn't have, like, ended 4-0, 5-0 first half if our final passes were just a little better and our finishing was a little better. And, um, yeah, Barish Alpayimos, I really want to touch up on this kid. A lot of people, including myself, did criticize him a lot because he does make a lot of the wrong decisions. But I, I feel that he does those when he's the winger. I think this kid was born to be a striker. He reminds me of Burak Yilmaz. And he's just getting, his form is just increasing week by week, week by week. He destroyed that Fener defense by himself. Those three guys, he like physically, he outplayed all of them. He was so much faster. He caused them to get yellow cards, one, one yellow card. But, um, and he got into many positions while doing that. I think we have a gem in our hand. Like, I think Okan Budik's really finding what this kid is capable of. And it's really making me happy. And one last point I want to touch on um, is Sergio Oliveira. You guys know I've always been super critical of him. Some is probably going <laughs> to roast my ass. But this is the Sergio Oliveira I've been waiting for since the, the minute he started playing. He this, peaked this game, for sure. He, he exceeded my expectations. This is the Oliveira I know that does this. That scores, that passes. Like, dude, every single pass that I thought that like was open, like, you know, from eyes view, he mm-hmm. he passed. He put those through balls and he put those overhead balls in. All of them. And and um the goal that he scored in the first half, you can tell we have some organizational skills. Fenerbahce are usually the ones that always score off corners. This time it was us. And you could see with Oliveira, bro. Like this was such a like really like well planned. Uh, attack on our end. He was just by himself on the right side, ready for any like balls that would, you know, come off someone's head and bang, he scores it in. Perfect. And uh, Musler, I got to really give it up to him. He did keep us in the game. It could have been 1-1. They had a few uh, situations, 
But otherwise, I'm really happy with how we played. Everyone was pretty excellent. Yeah, Mustera just reminded me of all the people that doubted him during uh, his battle. I don't get that, bro. I really don't understand how someone is allowed to have a dip in form, bro. Come on. Yeah, that's that. That's really ridiculous. Like for people to be talking about how you know he's finished or you know he, they don't think he's going to be able to perform at the same level. It's it's totally um, it's just a bogus statement, dude. It, it it's ridiculous. Like he's thirty six now, and yeah, he, he's going to continue doing this until the end of time, man. I swear, this guy's just, just unbelievable. Look, just look at the goal, the goal that Oliver scored, and look at the goal yep. that. That um, Mustafa say from Bachuai. Yeah, yep. or Arau, yeah, I think it different. was. That's different. No, it was Bachuai where it was he like, Bacuai. yeah, yeah, he like curved the ball in towards the uh, far post. Oh, right? that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, bro. That was actually a really good shot and an even better. Yeah, exactly. Save. Yeah. Well, well no, the, right there, there was the one before that as well, like with Osai. Oh, with Arau. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Osai. Yeah. Like he sort of cut back and passed, and Arau, you know. He he shot and and Mustafa made that save. Yeah, with exactly. One hand. No, those were great, but I'm saying. O- Oliveira, sure. yeah, and um, Bachuai almost had identical shots, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. One saved it, one the other didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and and how you know for how many years has that been the difference? You know, like this man won this like beginning? how many champions by himself? Yeah, At since the four. day he arrived here, the day he arrived here, when that switch goes on, it's finished for you guys. That's it. There's nothing you can do. You know. Yeah, we and have the best striker the and the best bro. goalie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just we're spoiled by success, I think, and. Maybe this is one of the critiques for us Galsai fans is we've seen how good a goalie could be for us. And in this case, Muslera, any dip in form, it's just like we're not satisfied. And it's it's criticism, but like it goes to show how lucky we've been as well to see these highs, whether it's Muslera, whether it's our coaches, Fatih Terim and the championships he's won. Any dip in form, we criticize it. Our left back, right back, our strikers, we've seen... the greatness in every single position we're just always demanding the best and you know i i think that's what it comes down to him right that that's why people call out musleta when he has any dip in form which they shouldn't but that's the only thing that i can think of mm-hmm. right that's you know, that's is, like i mentioned that this is it's in our genes right we call out mediocrity pretty quickly yeah i want to call I out think, john for that actually yeah. what happened to you and hokan buruk john Oh, oh yeah, oh, no, oh, dude. Oh, from no, yeah, I wish Emra was the one asking this question. <laughs> no, bro, let, <laughs> let me make something clear right now. All right, Pro, on episode 40 of the Lion's Den, let me make this clear. All right, <laughs> I will die starting right now. I will die protecting the rights of Okan Buruk. All right, I'll die for it. He's totally, okay. I, I have full trust in him now, bro. Like, if do this you, plan of his failed, do you shake your ass like a belly dancer at night? You're fucking right, I do. <laughs> John, John, what changed for you? I just want to hear you talk a little well, bit. Like, what, what changed for you? Because before the game, and this is maybe related to the lineup too, we saw the lineup and we're like, wait a second. No Icardi, no Torreira. Okay, Berkan had a good game, but he's starting. And then Bodish up top, we thought it was going to be Mertens. We thought it might be Gomez. Like, what, what are your thoughts before the game and what are your thoughts after the game? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, like, you know, before the game, just in our personal chats and our personal talks, I said that for me, even if Icardi and Torreira are not uh, fully fit, especially Icardi, I would still risk him in a match like this. Like, I think this is could be a season-defining match. 
and um you know i was just stressing the importance of it so i was disappointed when i when i didn't see uh either of them starting but then like i mentioned mm-hmm. a minute ago within 5 or 10 minutes when i saw how we were playing i understood instantly why okan did this and i knew it was going to work you could just see that it was going to work so you know i said when the starting 11 came out i said to you guys in our chats that if he pulls this off you'll have my full trust i'll have full trust in okan buruk and that's it you're the boss whatever you say goes and uh, as long as he beats fener huh <laughs> I mean not only if he beats Fenard but if this plan of his works because you Can know we have to though. like yeah. but but we have to win like my my thinking was this you have to win this game there's no excuses mm-hmm. I don't want to draw obviously we're, we're not going to lose we have to win this game and without Icardi and Torreira I think we still had a decent chance but you minimized your chance a little bit I thought right Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he proved me wrong and just absolutely thrashed Jorge Jesus, who is so one-dimensional. He doesn't even know how to adapt when his yeah. team's failing. Yeah, but, but that's what I wanted to say. Because um, think about it: is that something to give props for winning from Fenerbahce? Because we've spoken many times about how shambolic their defense is with the three center backs in the back. Yeah, and we've. We haven't praised a lot, like we talk between each other, obviously not on the podcast, but we've praised a lot how um, how Summit, shit they are. <laughs> do you remember yeah. when I told you when he when they were first, you know, winning those string of games? You know what I said? It reminded me of Two Doors um, mm-hmm. team where it was just high press, mm-hmm. you know, smashing unadult teams left and right. But when it came right. to big games, when people figured them out. They would like absolutely crumble. We crumbled, right? Mm-hmm. I still remember that Besiktas game, right? 3-0. I swear to God, it could have been the new 8-0 if, if we weren't lucky, right? And yeah. so, and, and to be honest, I wasn't expecting them to be this bad. Yes, their defense is trash, but I wasn't expecting us to be this comfortable, right? Because they still have some decent and, players. And I think that's the point where Okamburu and his team just yes. prepared really well. and. Like, this is also many times I said, okay, I'm, I'm not co- fully convinced about Okan's game, etc. And I gave my reasons, and I, I'm still sticking to that. Because Okan plays against the different teams we play. He does not put, uh, put a fixed ideal, uh, uh, a method, an identity like uh, Atletico yeah, Madrid, about this. Uh, like Simeone did, uh, like mm-hmm. Fatih Terim did with the 4-2-2 diamond. It's, he always changes things up. And that's what I don't like. I want to see an identity. I want to see something that's always the same and you're completely dominating that that that position and no other team can do anything about it. Like Barca did with the Tiki Taka, right? So that's what I enjoyed and that's my most fond memories of Galatasaray as well in the 2013-14 era with Salchuk and Felipe Melo uh, midfield. And this is why I wasn't fully like, nah, okay, Okamburuk. But I see what he does, and I respect that. I respect what he does, so that, that's fine. That's a bit my point here. Is it fair to say to he has no identity? To be just be honest, like he does his, have an his, identity. It's his quick, identity fast, direct is, football. You try like the main thing I see is always there is the transitional um, play. He very fast and the high pressing he does. He breaks. That's an identity, opponent. though. Yeah, that's one of the things, which is awesome, but. Um, it isn't 
we didn't do that against Fenerbahce, by the way. We were a bit more defensive there. I mean, you kind of yeah. have to, like, you can't expect to go full throttle against your, you know, your uh, rivals. You know, like, they, they don't do the same when they come to us. I don't think they would. They, well, they, they didn't do the same. I knew that was going to play an attack against us. Yeah, so exactly. That's why we... That, yeah, yeah and it, exactly. Yeah, uh, like, I, I, think, I think that... I think Okan Buruk has an identity, but I'm not sure he has a philosophy that he stays by. Mm. And those are two separate things. You know, if you want to have an identity, if you want to identify as a coach that, um, you know, whatever it is that you want to press high, um, you know, you, you, you, your wingers need to play a certain way. You want to play a more narrow, uh, you want to have a more narrow approach to the match. And that's fine. That's your identity. But I wouldn't necessarily call that a philosophy. And that's where I agree with Summit. I like teams that have a philosophy, like Barca, Pep's teams, um, you know, like teams that no matter who they play against, if they're home, away, in Europe, in the league, in the cup, no matter where they are, you know how they're going to play and they stick with it because that's their philosophy, right? And that's the philosophy across the whole youth system right up to the first exactly. team. And right? whoever player they switcheroo about on which position, yeah. they play because they just play the same Philosophy. They know the philosophy, right? From when they were a youth player or whatever it is. So, which, you know, I'm not nece- necessarily saying that's a bad thing. Like it's, I would prefer it. That I, I love, I love that about coaches and, you know, academies right. and clubs and things like that. But maybe it's I, a bit of a romantic talk. That's right. it, it, yeah, that, that's exactly right. Like at the end of the day, I mentioned this before, football is about results. At this level, yeah. football is right. about results. And look at the table and tell if me I what can you just, see. If I can just interject real quick. Um, this might be a strength of his. If you like, he might not have a philosophy, right? But like you said, he has um, an identity. Maybe that's why we do so well against, you know, big teams and derbies and so on. Like, let's people can figure out Pep Guardiola. People can pick like figure out Jurgen Klopp. But like, you don't really see people figure out Okambura because he changes his tactics. He adapts mm-hmm. to the other team, and I think that's part of the reason why he did so well. Like. Who expected him to come out with um, British Alpad? You know, most people were arguing, oh, how is he going to figure out how to play three Turks on the field, right? He mm-hmm. came out with four, bro. Who's yeah, expecting that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, like this man plays chess in his head at all times. Sometimes it works out well, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, like, I- I'm okay with whatever he has going on in his head, like you said, as long as we have the results. Yeah, you were a long-time Okambuduk believer. Mm-hmm. Oh, bro, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, I was, I've was, i followed him since Rize. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you I think, Yasin? Is it of this age, add, what Okamburuk does? Listen, I think you guys have make a good point about the philosophy thing. Who doesn't want a good philosophy in their football club? You want an identity no matter what it is, right? Whether it's a team or a club, whatever it is. But think about it. Okan's been here for how long? Six months? Yeah, he, he, he came late to the team. The players came late to the Do team. You think we Transfers had came late to the team. He didn't complain did, about computers. Did, like did, did we have? <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't had the time to build a philosophy yet. You don't. You don't build a philosophy overnight. You don't do it in three months or six months. And if you try to, that's okay. But you're not going to get the same results that he's getting so far by sticking to a philosophy from day one. I think a philosophy takes time. That's why you know when we hire new coaches. No, we always say we can't fire them right away. It's going to take th- time for them to learn the team. It's going to take th- them time to build the way that they want to play, get the players to understand it, 
And you're going to have losses in the meantime. That's a general way of thinking about it, right? If you're trying to be objective and patient, that's what you say. It's going to take time and there's going to be losses. Okan Buruk is taking his time to build a philosophy while winning games and while winning the trust of his players and while picking our play according to the opponent and picking our play according to the players that we have. You hear Samet always talk about, you know, the ingredients in the kitchen, you know, this, this, that for the house. He's always making his analogies. Okan Buruk is doing an I excellent never job. kitchen analogies, bro. I never stepped uh, into the kitchen. I'm pretty, uh, <laughs> whatever it was, you made a lot of analogies before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Besides the point, I think Okan's done a really good job understanding his team and taking their trust and making sure that trust is displayed on the field. Last week, we had Abdukir and Barlakcha and Mertens play on the field with the yellow card. A lot of us thought it was crazy, but he clearly understood his players. His players understood him and what they needed to do on the field. And we saw that. We saw what they were trying to do. Bhatti Tenem has always said in the past, sometimes if you guys question me, just, just say to yourself, right? There's something that Fati Terim knows. Like that, that's the excuse that if you are doubting me as a coach, just think about, okay, I know what I'm doing. There's a reason for it. And I think that applies to Okan so far. I've questioned a lot of what he's done so far, but a lot of the times, I don't know if it's luck. I don't think it's luck because it's been consistently successful. Okan knows what he's doing. And that's why I don't question. That's why I think John has changed his mind. And I think that's why a lot of players and fans have changed their minds about Okan Buruk too. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing Fenerbahce fans who criticize Galsai for not having this football, not playing beautiful. I've seen Fenerbahce fans after yesterday's game say, wow, now I see what Galsai is. Now I see what Okan Buruk is. You know, I, we, I've mm-hmm. called them out for not playing football, but no, that's not true. They actually are organized and they actually do know what they're doing. We complained, so yeah, Yasin, about mainly about the wing play, about not being so wide, not wide enough at least. And and Rashitska really improved that there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and even though he didn't have a great game against Fenerbahce, he still did his job. And even though he was not the best player, maybe our worst player, I agree with Serge, uh, John. I just called you Sergio for some reason. <laughs> I agree with John. But Rashitska still did his job. It's not like I can say, oh, he played absolutely terrible. He was simply just, you know, the least best out of everybody. That that's how amazing this entire team has played, and yeah. I, I'm just so proud of that as a Galsai fan to see that we have so many players that are capable of playing good football. And I see a coach who's able to take the best of everybody and put that on the field and get results because of it. That that to me is like, what else do you want to see as a fan? Yeah. So I just wanted to add that about the whole philosophy aspect of things. Yeah. And then we can go back to the first half of the game. <laughs> Some uh, memorable moments on my side were the cards, man. The Khalil Umut Meller. My God. Um, well, he couldn't say Fenner, obviously, but Osai Samuel, this kid should have been gone first half already. The amount of yellows he should have gotten, uh, that was just insane. And then on our side, Sergio Oliveira. And Sasha Bowie getting a yellow. I have no clue what for it was. Yeah. Sasha's, yeah, Sergio Sasha's understandable. Sa- Sasha's makes sense. You, no, you Sergio's I mean, was just, wow. I, yeah. I didn't even see Sergio's. I, I feel like that happened off camera. I guess he argued with the ref. He literally no, just gave it to him for he, he, patting him in the back. It looks like he said one word and the ref just like turned around at the speed of light and gave him the yellow card too. 
Like John, that's I, just you so know, ridiculous. I thought about it. I, I think it's because like he put his hands on him and mm. then he's just trying to put out like this is I'm authority here. Do not mm. touch me because if other people see that he's touching him and getting away with, they're going to all like come on to him, you know, start wow. throwing hands and stuff. What a touch shot. Maybe, I mean, maybe that, that's if, why. If, if that's the case and I can't really complain, I mean, unfortunately, it's very inconsistent. I've seen a lot of Fenerbahce players put their hands exactly. and arms that's all over problem. refs. It's inconsistent, but if the ref's going to do it, I can't complain. I'd rather Sergio not do that, and I'd rather have Sachin not do that. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I unfortunately can't complain about those two too much. But then, you know, again, about complaining, Dries Mertens' summit got a yellow card at the end of the I half too, right? I didn't see that. Like, what happened? I, I have no clue when that happened. That was also for arguing too. I mean, if oh, you look okay. at Sofa score <laughs> and you see, you know, three or four yellow cards... Next to it, it says argument. Like, it's just ridiculous because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we came on a quick attack at the end of the half. Rashica like took a, a shot. Like club, man. <laughs> I know, bro. Rashica took a shot. It was a corner kick, and the ref just called uh, the half. We should have had a corner kick. It was a corner kick, and he, he didn't let us take it because the time ran out. Yeah. So I guess Mertens complained about that and got a yellow card. Oh, yeah, I so remember. It, it was, was so uh, useless, First bro. half plus minutes was until Fener scores or something like that. <laughs> Um, you know who else minutes. didn't get a yellow mm-hmm. I, and like I didn't see this until after the game on Twitter and stuff Crespo man he dives so much yeah man dude Holy what the crap. hell is this ref blind yeah <laughs> dude and also the, the the reason why Bowie got a yellow is because he got so tilted it's like bro how is it coming off of me when I didn't even have anything to do with the ball it was Fadi who like kicked it out and then he got super mad it's like bro you're literally looking right at him how do you not see that and where the hell is the linesman? Like, are you blind too? These guys are all playing with handicaps, bro. Jesus and, Christ. And the crazy part is the linesman on that side of the field was actually closer to the ball than he was further yes! away from it. So, yes. And the ref was out there. I, I'm surprised. Like, I honestly thought Hamid, I mean, all the refs, but the main ref was absolutely awful. Like, I don't know what he was watching. Like, that ball very clearly came off of Crespo. And then later in the half too, I think, Crespo stepped on Berkan. And then the yeah, ref like yeah. warned Barakon for stepping on Crespo. Meanwhile, Crespo was the one that stepped on Barakon. <laughs> yeah. And like, also not not to mention uh, Gustavo Henrique getting what, what was going to be the second yellow card. I don't know if you guys oh, saw yeah. that. What, and the yeah. ref put his the hand up to the one, pocket though. to pull it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, And then yes. didn't do it. Yeah. I yeah, thought that was that for Salai. No, that was for Gustavo Henrique. Yeah. But the oh, first yellow so, of Gustavo yeah. Henrique, the, the position with Baris Ilmas, where mm, Baris yeah. was actually gone and uh, Henrique yeah. just pulled him down, right? Yeah. Did you guys think that was a red or fine with the yellow? Nah, I think yellow was fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm i not sure. I'm not really sure. I haven't thought about it in depth. But if we think about it like this, if he doesn't stop Baris, what happens? One-on-one with the goalie. And... What's I don't know if it, was a, it would be that. a one-on-one. He was I, I kind think, of on the right side of the field. He yeah, would be no, like it, where Icardi scored his, yeah, his exactly. goal. That's where he would be. Like he's going to have a clear shot on target. Like there's nothing that's going to stop him from shooting the ball on target. So I don't know. Do, I think yeah. it's possible. It's possible. It could have been a red, but I can't, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying. Oh. Yeah. It's uh yeah. In first half you could say, I mean... <laughs> I don't know if I want to say it was balanced how they ref, ref the game. Definitely a home game advantage uh, whistling yeah, it felt behavior. Like, yeah. Uh, but I can't complain. We scored three. Summit, we we didn't give it, them so. any reason to give like give them 
you know, any reason to give a penalty. We just you know, shut anything. up and played football. That's exactly. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, I I can uh, I guess intro the second half. Then there was a lot yeah. that happened in the second yeah, half. Man, so maybe first half still. I mean, you don't need to. Uh, any more? Well, there is there any other the moments goal, you have for the Sergio's first half? Sergio's goal, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you guys want to dive deeper into that, um, like I mentioned, we, we there was a corner that Mertens put in, and then I think it was, I think it was Osai who sort of had like a almost like a backwards or like sideways header trying to clear it, and it just fell, bounced like yeah. once for Sergio, and then been there, just PGA, a, yeah. Lovely finish, man. Just absolutely love. Like Sir, like Emre mentioned, Sergio Oliveira showed his class in this match, and he showed that he's a different player. He's not like these guys like Crespo, who uh, Turkey and Fenerbahce love to make seem is some god midfielder. Because Crespo looked like he was running in circles yesterday. It's yeah. as yeah. simple as that. Crespo looked like he didn't know where he was. He didn't know which planet he was on. He didn't know <laughs> what was going on. And he's playing in between Mertens, Sergio Oliveira, and Berkan. And the kid doesn't know where, where the fuck he is. Honestly, so, you got to give a lot of prop to Berkan there because he was oh, yeah. running all over and, and yeah. covering Oliveira as well. Yeah. So he Retrieving could balls. do his thing. Yeah. yeah. I, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, I've been saying forever. For The second I was put on this earth, I've been saying, Fenerbahce, they're just not good, man. They're not good. And you could see it head to head. And our players are showing their quality yesterday, man. Like, look at... Uh, uh, Serdar Aziz, um, Gustavo Henrique, and whatever the other guy is. I can't remember his name now. Salai or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at, compare them to Nelson and Abdul Kerim. Mm. There's I mean, no comparison. It's impossible. Gustavo's garbage. Honestly. He's horrible. He's a fake <laughs> like, Brazilian. I'm just going to say and that. And the funny part is, like, a lot of Fenerbahce fans agreed in the beginning of the season about that, and they still do. Mm. but masterclass Jorge Jesus is still playing maybe because he doesn't have options honestly I'm not sure yeah but then, but then why are you Perez. forcing a, why you why you, well I think he just got back from injury but why are you forcing a three at the back against Galatasaray like I don't even think that's what they usually play no oh, they all sure. they played that in all the big games which yeah. doesn't make the, sense to me yeah because they've been awful in big games you think he'd learn but I guess yeah not. that's the crazy part he didn't learn a single <laughs> thing Bro, Trump like, literally just destroyed you. Antalya almost destroyed yeah, you. Yeah. Go on, and, and like, what, what are you going to do? Like, compare Osai and Sasha Boy? I'm not even going to speak on that. I, I, it's not even worth comparing. There's <laughs> nothing to say about it. And then, and then what? You have uh, Diego Rossi and King. <laughs> Horrible. What are you going to do with them, bro? You're going to win the Super League with King and Diego Rossi. Joshua Kink. No, it's Kink. Yeah. Kink. Yeah. Joshua Kink. Kink. Yeah. Burger it's kink. Ju- it, it's just no comparison, man. I've been saying it a million times. They don't have a coach. They don't have the players. There's it's it, they're all over the place. So I th- hopefully the hype for them dies down. And you guys are gonna see the longer the season goes on, it's gonna be the same exact story for Fenerbahce that happens every year. <sighs> they look incredible, the coach starts falling off. The fans start pressuring. A new coach comes in. They're left behind with all the coaches' scraps because he only brings players that speak Portuguese. It's just a disaster, man. See. We'll see. They, they they got a tough schedule. Somebody posted on Reddit today. They're like next three months of games. They play two away games. Yeah, and then in like they, I think five of their next seven games are away. 
Oh, lovely. Like that that that's what we started off with. We struggled yeah. but we won. Yeah. I want to see them. I want to see what they're going to do because Honestly, our away performance fun. was amazing. So maybe we should We have the we have the best away. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have I was the best away that. We're the number one ranked away team. That's right. Yeah. I mentioned 23 that last points episode, yeah. or something like that that I saw. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Away. It is. But uh, first half uh, yeah, Reese Mountains some... closed the first half off with yellow. It means yeah. next game he won't yeah. be able to play, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. I think and we're playing against Hatay Sport. Yeah. So we can go to the second half, John. What what changes yeah. did we make? Like what happened? Well, first of all, first of all, Fener, they started the second half by removing their fake Brazilian Gustavo Henrique and they brought in another fraudulent Brazilian, Lincoln. <laughs> Which um, makes no sense, by the way. So yeah. Playing him left back, right? Or something like that? They changed from know, three man. center backs to... You, to, you think yeah. I know what Jorge Jesus is doing, bro? Like, I don't know what that guy's doing. So they took He's out, their... out of this world. He's too advanced. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, you that's why I, I think yeah. of what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah, so they started the half that way. Fake Brazilian came out. Broad Brazilian came in. Um, and uh, honestly, I... I I really didn't see much difference in the way the match was going in the second half. Like it kind of started the same way the first half started. Uh, well, before I even say that, I don't know if you guys remember, but literally within the first 60 seconds, they had a bad giveaway. Um, and we almost scored right at the beginning of the fir- of the second half there. Bodish had a chance. Yeah. Um, but then after that, I felt that they were really looking for that equalizing goal. Like they were playing like how they were at the beginning of the first half pressing us a little bit but we were just rock solid man like there was no we didn't lose composure in any sense and it, we seemed comfortable for the most part um and they started piling on the subs in the 70th minute Ener Valencia came on Irfan John came on Zaich came on um and we made a double change as well Okan brought on Lucas Torreira for Mertens mm-hmm. and uh Yunus actually came in for Rashica which I thought was a really nice sub I like it yeah that was fantastic. Um, and before I, I go on, because the next point after that is the substitution of Icardi, and that's, a, I think, a, a different part of the conversation. But um, what did you guys think about the subs, how Okan brought in those two subs, and how the game felt just in general in the second half? I just want to make it... Go ahead, go ahead Samad. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I was just clenching because we had a lot of yellows, and I was... Fearing for a red, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So waiting for those subs, and honestly, they came a bit late, but it ended well. So, yeah. Um, there's a lot to talk about the subs. I just want to quickly mention the Torreira one. So Torreira is a number six, right? Mm-hmm. And before he got on the oh, field, who was playing six? It was Berkan. Yes. Berkan was playing six. Berkan a lot of six. people. What? Well, didn't Torreira he came six in and he stayed and, six? Yeah, Berkan. Yes, that, that's what that's what I was gonna say. That's what I'm getting at. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry I man. I love that. Like Berkan has been destroying that midfield. Like in terms of a good way, they couldn't get past him. He uses height for his benefit that Torreira usually doesn't have, obviously, and he's been doing good there. Okan saw that and Okan said, "You know what, Berkan, you keep doing your thing." I'm going to put in Torreira to do what Mertens was doing because Mertens was tired. He had a yellow card. He put Torreira a little bit higher in the pitch to continue that pressure that Mertens was doing and let Barakan do his thing throughout the rest of the second half. Because for me, it's very dangerous when you take the most important player in your midfield mid-game and change where he's playing or completely take him off. 
So I thought that was a tactical, tactical and purposeful decision by Ocon. And I have the utmost respect for it. I was like, dang, like I honestly expected Torreira to shift to number six, but that wasn't the case. Torreira just kept running and running just the way that Mertens usually does to put pressure up top. I don't know if you guys noticed that mid-game or what you think of it, but that was awesome for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this was flawless by Okan Buruk. Like, he just had it. He had it completely right. And I think that the the midfield that we had in the first half and, and also the second half with these changes, I think was such a huge problem for Fener. Like, um, I, when, I think when, when their midfield matched up against ours, they really couldn't do anything, man. They couldn't get anything going. It was such such an issue. That's why you see Crespo diving. There were so many giveaways. Um, and I mean, look at like look at the state of that. I mean, we subbed in Lucas Torreira. We were already we we already felt super comfortable in the match, and Lucas Torreira is coming off the bench. Look at so, the luxury. Honestly, oh, the second incredible. half we weren't. I mean, we started off bad. Honestly, they tried to. Yeah, that's what over. I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like I mentioned, like the first half, like the the beginning of the first half. You know, they have that home energy, and they sort of came out of the gates, and they look like they they could have got one. I thought the second half started that way as well, but mm-hmm. you know, even though they it's... were doing that, I thought we still looked and felt comfortable mm-hmm. in some weird way. You know, like Yasin mentioned at the beginning here. It's become a, like a, a trend, and I said this last uh, podcast too. For some reason, when we come out in the second half, the first like 15 minutes or so, mm. we're very shaky. I don't know what it is, yeah. and yeah. it happened again this game, and I really hope, I hoped for like three games now that it would you know, kind of fix itself, but I don't know if we're just exerting too much energy in the first half and not saving enough for the second half. I don't know, because like, we could have, con- like, if it was any other team that was actually good, you know, attack wise, that had a plan with you know a proper midfield. They could have like, bro. I was more concerned about Ankara Guju than I was Fenerbahce. Like, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay? me too. Yeah. I was, and, bro. Me too, dude. Because they played way better. Like, props to the the manager of Ankara yeah. Guju. Like, we okay. We were missing six players. What have you? Okay, it's not like Ankara Guju was like you know a top five, top six team, right? right? So we we're super efficient. I, yeah, they they they they knew what they were doing and they had a plan and like we we just you know we couldn't do anything because second half and they were away we were at home, right? So this is something that I I, I really hope we fix we soon worse because at home, honestly, <laughs> for real, like what's going on? Yeah, what is going on? Weird. Everyone, get off your phones and start doing something. Get your <laughs> team know. fired up, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, but that's like my opening thoughts for the second half. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Maybe with that said, if you guys are okay, we can. I'm going to bring up this Acardi sub. And I think there's a lot to mention with this. Um, he came on in the 76th minute for Bodish, who, again, I thought played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Acardi came on. And I think it's safe to say that, uh, you know, the impact was almost immediate, I think. Like when Mauro Acardi is on the pitch, it, it's just different. He has a different presence up there. You know when we're attacking, um, and yeah, and so the thing plus fifteen buff aura. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, and it's it's not even entirely his like goal scoring presence. Like he really does make everyone better, you know. And his quality is just so evident. So he came on in the seventy sixth minute. In the seventy eighth, he assisted Kerem. Um, 
the ball sort of came over the top. Kerem had kind of a fortunate touch that went to his left into the path of Icardi and Icardi played him through. He was totally onside and then Kerem went uh, uh, through the legs of Altai into the back of the net and that was 2-0. Um, and then uh, obviously, as everyone knows, shortly after that in 90 plus 9, Icardi got his own. Benet had a give a, a really bad giveaway. Icardi got on the end of it and he had a left-footed finish. Pretty much bar down on Altai took his shirt off, did the Messi versus Real Madrid celebration, <laughs> holding up his, the back of his shirt towards the, the fans. Yeah, I, Dude, like when I saw this, I honestly thought I th- like this had to have been a dream. I can't believe that just happened. Like he took his shirt off. Like, oh my God, it was so silent in there too. Mm. It was so ending. silent in there, man. It got more yeah, silent yeah. after every goal. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just fantastic. It was just so amazing to see. Um, so what do you guys think about Icardi and just everything, man, like his role in the team, the impact he has, you know, Well, since I did the homework on Icardi, maybe I should take this first, but what did I say? This man is a straight poacher, the Fox in the box. Mm -hmm. Okay. He has something like, uh, I don't know how many shots, but definitely in the double digits. And he already has five goals or assists and he only played like five games. (laughs) <laughs> how efficient is this man like you cannot ask for a more efficient man like he's the bmw or the german of of, of footballers <laughs> like efficiency man I'm like, I, but just like them he does break down from time to time but when he comes he performs mm-hmm. so uh, it's like i i don't know it's like i wish we can have like keep he's this man but but it's, it's just, it doesn't look like it'll happen i don't even know how we pulled this off in the first place like Hats off to our, our board, man. I yeah. swear it. For sure. We pay 650K for his salary. That's it. Which is insane. Yeah, Absolutely is. insane. Yeah. Um, but us. yeah, look, like it's quality, man. He's mm-hmm. quality. His assist and his goal, all quality. What do you think, Yasin? I mean, Icardi is his cheat code. Uh, that's, that's the best way to put it. You know, it's like he should not be in this league. If he was playing for the team that I'm playing against, I would say that's not fair. That's that shouldn't be allowed because that he's just so calm. He knows how to play. He knows how to make others play. He knows when to pass the ball. He knows when to shoot, where to shoot. It's just so easy for him. And I and I knew he was gonna be good. We all talked about how good he was gonna be. But how many people expected him to be this good? Like I, I don't know. Like the guy. You can call him out for some things like disappearing, going to Argentina or wherever he goes to see his wife, his ex, ex-wife, ex whatever she is, you know, Wanda Nara. He's always disappearing, whatever it is, right? There's always drama going on. That's the thing. You can I criticize that all you want. Mm-hmm. I will live with that drama. I would pay, <laughs> I would pay to watch that every night if it means that Icardi is going to be on TV every Sunday, every Saturday for an hour and a half. Playing yeah. for Galsai in a Galsai shirt. Because he's that good. Look look, look at Kedem and the way that he plays with him. Look at how everybody plays with him. He's not selfish. He could have easily taken that ball a little bit further and shoot himself instead of passing mm-hmm. to Kedem. The he ball gave the pass to Kedem. That, that was but, a one-touch pass. Yeah, but Kedem fucked that? up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he fucked up. He scored. That, that's why I said he was, Kedem was a little fortunate with the touch that he had. That, oh, that yeah. He had a Cardi's feet, I, I'm, but I'm still. Not even, I'm, yeah, I'm not even talking about I'm talking about the one-touch pass for the assist. Ah, yeah. yeah. Watch him. Yeah. Like he he like waits and waits. He draws the defenders. He waits for the defenders to get off-footed. 
And one touch pass, perfect, right into the path of him, right into the Yunus path of Kedem. could have scored one as well, but he trusted Icardi would uh, shoot that one in. <laughs> trusted <laughs> yeah. Icardi too much. And like, he's paying attention, his goal too. Like, he's watching the ball, he's paying attention, he's reading the play. He saw that Sardar Aziz was pushing up. He saw that Sardar Dursun, whatever his name is, <laughs> idiotic ball backwards, and he pounced on it right away. A lot of strikers... Maybe too slow, maybe not paying attention, but he's he's paying attention, bro. He he he's like an eagle, just a hawk watching down on the ball. He knows what he's doing, and I absolutely love it. I just hope he stays healthy because mm-hmm. he gives immense confidence to everybody around him. And man, if if he stays healthy and continues to play like this, it's the over. league's over. It's the league's over. over. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing anyone can do about it either. It's over. I, I have a question for our Turkish listeners. If anyone's listening. Um, do they not teach physics in Turkey? Because I don't know how and why it took four minutes to go to VAR to confirm that second goal of ours. <laughs> and when you can clearly tell the ball definitely deflected off of Kerem. Like, why yeah. did it take four minutes to confirm that goal? Can someone Bro, please yeah. explain it to me? Did it not seem like they were just trying, like they were looking for any excuse to call it back? Yeah, you guys spoke yeah. about the VAR records last week, right? In the yeah. podcast. Yeah. And every time yeah. now I see like them taking so long, that's the, the replay. <laughs> I'm like, what, I'm like yeah. what are these fuckers saying right <laughs> yeah, now? Like, exactly. what, are, what are these idiots saying? Like, are, yeah. they, are they talking about like what's for dinner? Like, what are they yeah, talking exactly, about for bro. three, five minutes, bro? They're so like nonchalant about it, bro. I was thinking the same exact thing. Is and, there a uh, shit that? Is there a aggressiveness? Uh, no, no. <laughs> he hits him in the head. But no, there's no aggressiveness at all. <laughs> Let's scroll back to the play that happened 20 minutes ago to make sure there was no foul. Like, yeah, what bro. are you talking about, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I, literally what it felt like to me too. I, I felt fucked with and it really just pissed me off because it was, just, <laughs> it was the longest wait. I don't know by like statistical timing if it was that long, but it felt like eternity just waiting and waiting and waiting yeah. because it was critical. Like you guys said, the second half didn't start amazing. Fernandes made a lot of subs. It could have gone either way. That goal was really points, critical yeah. in how the rest of the game goes. And oh my God, like And you can see, bro, with the naked eye that the ball is going forward, right? But it kind of deflects they from that. They even showed and draw the line, right? Like how obvious is that fucking line, bro? <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God, bro. Yeah. So incompetent. Well, Jesus. Uh, we can maybe slowly uh, close off second half yeah. and talk about post-game stuff. Anything else about the second half you wanted to point? No, None well, for me. Ifan John Kahveji getting a red. Oh, thank oh, God. Yeah, that's a good that. one. That yeah. fucker, bro. That should piss me off. I, for me, Summit, <laughs> yeah. it would not have mattered if it was 10 nothing in that moment. The fact that Ifan John Kahveji did that to our player just, just pissed me off because he's... Of the I'm history. not even gonna say he, he's a C word. Like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like he's an OC. He's a C. Whatever you can think of, that's what he is. Mm-hmm. And it, it just pissed me off because you have no business doing that. Your team's down. Like first of all, what did he's very stupid from his perspective. The ball is coming to the ball on the left side. The ball does an excellent job. The you know changing the direction of the ball going over Irfan John. Irfan John comes in, studs up with his foot like mm-hmm. what at least three feet in the air. Yeah. And he cleats, he cleats the ball on the side of the leg, like near, like where, I think underneath his knee by his thighs. Yeah, the ball nice. goes down in pain. The ref didn't see it. Of course, he didn't fucking see it. He didn't <laughs> say anything. No. Our players are like, what's going on? And then thank God VAR was paying attention and actually said something. So they called VAR and it was the easiest decision to make. And Irfan John didn't complain. Of course, you're not going to complain. 
you know, there's cameras on you. You know what you did. And he just ran off like an idiot. Yeah, I like Bro. how he ran ran like away. Like he really ran in a weird fashion towards the side. It he reminded there, me bro. how he also moved out of the stadium last time we played. He rolled literally out of the the the field like uh, last time in Kadika. He didn't want to be there. He knew it. <laughs> no. Like he he he has that loser mentality. The the entire team was already losing. The coach wasn't doing a good job. He knew that there was no business for him to be on that field. And he got out. He left. He's like, screw this. I'm not going to be here. But the fact that he did that, of all people, just pissed me off, man. I was so irritated. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. I know you wanted him a lot at the time. Yeah, I did. He's, dude, okay, look. With that said, he's an excellent player on his day. He has a skill set. He did an amazing job at Bashak Sher. And I can't imagine how good he'd be right now under Okan Buruk in this team. Yes. But listen, you made a mistake. Mert Hakan Yandaş, İrfan Can Kahveci... What's the other guy? Topal? Um, like another, another uh, Alper, Alper, Alper Potuk? Potuk yeah, exactly. Alper, These type yeah. of players, they made Losers. such a bad decision by going to Fenerbahce. Losers. Losers. Yeah. Losers picking loser play, uh, teams. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Some of them chose money. I know. Some of them chose other reasons. Whatever it is, they didn't make the right decision. Other, it's always money, bro. What, like, what other possible reason can you have to go to Fenerbahce who has no Europe most of the time has no chance to fight for the title. They usually end up second place because they're just a loser mentality. Like, what is there other than money, bro? Honestly, I feel sad for them. Like, I don't, like, feel angry anymore at them. Some of them I feel sad for. Some of them I feel angry. One of the ones that I feel sad for, which you almost baited me with the first second of this episode, is Arda Güler. <laughs> I, hoped, I hope that kid leaves at the end of the season because it would be a complete waste for him and his family and his future if he continues to stay here. Yeah, under Jorge Jesus. That kid is skilled. Yeah. Nobody can deny that. He should leave. He should be playing over Irfan Jankavici. He should be playing over William Aral. He should be playing over Marta Kranjandas. But he's not. It makes no sense. I hope he fucks off from that team and Turkish football benefits and we don't have to worry about him in the future either. Yeah. But... What else is there to say? I was just so angry at that. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, I wanted to... uh, One more thing I wanted to note. Like, before the game started, I think there was, like, an announcement about no matter what the result is, Galtzray will not hold a post-game interview. Mm -hmm. But then I saw a lot of statements from people, like Erdan Timur and others. Usun Uzbek. Yeah, so I I was a bit confused what happened there. Maybe yeah, they I meant like the official Okan Buruk coming up. No, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think Maybe. Okan was speaking after the match, wasn't he? Yeah, he did. So that's why he I did. was yeah. so surprised. Like, what happened? Yeah. I mean, yeah. who said that? Like, I don't remember. I remember somebody mentioned it, but like, if it's not a credible source, I guess at the end I of the day, I think it was on really... Bean, Bean Sports, honestly. Yeah, not credible because, you know, I hate all of them. <laughs> They're always trying to stir some stuff up between uh, like Gossera and the media or. With yeah, other teams. True. Yeah, well. yeah, I can't remember who reported that, but I thought for sure that it was true. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like something, like it just sounded correct, but I guess it either wasn't true or we just changed our mind afterwards. Or he anyway. changed his mind because we won 3 nothing yeah. and spanked them, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love every time we leave Kadiko and it says there's no way out here and we fucking get out <laughs> super happy. That's just awesome. Yeah, and speaking of get Everyone. out, how about all those pictures and selfies that we took after the game? <sighs> yeah. What do you guys sure. think of that? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's Amazing. become uh, tradition, tradition now to win there, yeah. 
Well, on the note of taking pictures and selfies, what happened with Gomez and uh, Icardi? Do you oh, guys yeah. have like a explanation yeah. for that? Yeah, yeah. So apparently, the latest information that I've read is that everybody's trying to take selfies and stuff. And you know, Go- Icardi wasn't the first one. He's probably like the third or fourth, fifth person trying to do it. Gomez, being a nice guy, he was was probably. I think apparently he said no, like you shouldn't do it. You know, enough is enough. You know, we're we're beating this bush to its or whatever it is like we've just done too much like have some respect or something and then uh-huh. cardi was like no no let me do my thing i want to take a picture i want to take a selfie and they just had like a little bit of an argument that's it mm-hmm. like gomez was just trying to be a nice guy but you know like cardi's gotta do his thing ah, honestly i want that picture as well bowie got one and the other said well i want to point my finger at that scoreboard <laughs> everyone's doing it so <laughs> yeah, yeah no seems- it's a trend like i want to do yeah. the hashtag uh, fuck fenner <laughs> They they did, I think they did a lot of the same things that we did. So I, I'm not gonna like complain about it. Honestly, I, I Gomez is just a good guy. I can't yeah. say anything. Nothing about to him. make a big deal about honestly. Yeah, there's yeah, a, there's I definitely just don't no want like any serious problems. argument or anything. No, All no, right, no, I just don't want any problems within the club or anything because that's the last thing we need while we're going. You know, like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's Gomez. Nobody's gonna have a problem with Gomez. Have you guys ever heard of Gomez having a problem? Gomez is a mensch. Mensch. He's an adam, bro. That's exactly. weird. What does mensch mean? Oh my God, Summit, please tell me. You do it's not. German Summit. for human. Summit, it's do you not German. listen to the podcast, bro? We, we talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he was there, bro. He was it. on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it just means you have like honor. You're a stand-up guy. That's bruh, it, you know? Yeah, okay. No, I'm, for, I'm super like, bro, look, having a kid impacts your brain and like your, <laughs> oh your mind and memory. You don't have I'm sleep. telling you, the sleep deprivation. That's something, yeah. man. I hope it'll uh, fix up soon. Deprivation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anything else, boys? I, I think we're done, me, right? Man. Let's go on to the Hatai game, right? Next uh, game, I think we could sure. talk about that uh, a little bit. You're not giving any uh, predictions, so that's doing us good so far. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with no Amazing. predictions. Hatai, you want to... I'm seven for seven, yeah. baby, I think. <laughs> uh, I think... We'll have a game where we'll save up those goals again. again. So it'll be a close 2-1, maybe 2-0 win for Galatasaray. Yeah, and I mean, let me say, uh, Hatay haven't won a football match since November 13th. And yeah. that was against Istanbul Sport. So mm. it's, that's not very difficult. So um, but I, they're I, a relegation team now. They're in the danger zone. Yes. And that Hatay, changes a team a yeah. lot. Yeah, it does. Guys, it does. And guys, that's what we guys. saw from Ankara Guji, right? But yeah. look, look, let's be realistic though. We're playing at home. We just came after a win that is not leaving the players' minds anytime soon. No matter. So I'm going to say this is going to be a 3-0 match for us. Okay. okay. That's my prediction. Yasin? Too low. Too low, man. What is that? Three nothing. Oh, we just beat Fenerbahce three nothing. We just beat Fenerbahce. Yeah, but Fenerbahce oh, on the same level as Don't give him too much credit. Fenerbahce beat Hatay for nothing. Like a week, like two weeks ago. This game is gonna be six nothing. I'm saying it right now. No, no, no, no, no. You're taking like these penalties, bro. No, no, no, no. Don't get ahead of yourself. No, like let's think logically. Wait, am I missing something, bro? Is Jorge Jesus our coach now all of a sudden? No, no, no, no, bro. Cardi <laughs> is, is back. Is it Cardi back or not? Nah? 
You think Cardi's starting next year? I think so. I think so. I think okay. so. Okay. Who's, who's our midfield going to be? Okay. No Martin. So you're going to throw Sergio Mata. as Cam. And then you're going to... Not Mata, so bro. <laughs> Mata, I, I, lo- I love you, Mata, but you're on the bench. Thank you. I think Yusuf will probably play, to be honest. No. No. No. Yusuf. No, no, no, no, no, no, no, no. No. Yusuf. Okay. Maybe. Maybe as a sub. But this is what I'm thinking. Sergio's going to play Cam in place of Martins. Berkan, our Lord and Savior, is going to play... In the midfield, next to Torreira, that midfield's unlocked. That's why I said zero goals. Your defense is already known, right? You got Sacha on the right, incredible player. Your, your center backs are known. No, nobody else is missing, right? Like, it might just keep me honest here. Are there any other, like, suspensions that I need to know about other than Mertens? Abdukerim didn't get carded, right? Ankara Messi, Ankara Messi, Ankara Messi. Ankara Messi is going to take a little time on the bench for now that's right he's a cutter than his boy just like me oh we waited to the end of the podcast for this you know who who else is a cutter than his boy I just learned today (laughs) Barish Alper Yilmaz is a cutter than his boy he's apparently born in Riza Riza. Riza. oh wow Mm. big boy Barish not not, not the best part of uh, cutter than his I'm sorry if there's any Riza fans here (laughs) that that comment is more towards Riza's sport not Riza as a place Mm -hmm. I'm Girasunda so we're we're neighbors we're cool but um, yeah man 6 nothing, easy easy (laughs) even maybe you sit Rashidza and you play Barish because of his form that's okay 6 goals we're playing at home you guys think these John just said it himself. We're gonna see it, man. These these, these guys are not gonna forget about this win just now. No, they're, no. They're the even... That's the football. Something happened. <laughs> Hojam, that that is a football. Hojam, that is a football. They just won three nothing away. They're more concentrated than ever. Every single player after that game said, "This game is nice. You know, this victory in Kaduku is nice. We're gonna celebrate tonight. Maybe a little tomorrow." So nothing ever ends until until we, we say so and then we're focused next game six nothing emra you say you're not before the game everybody think about to favorite the game all right summit's just yeah at this okay summit tama yeah. it's time um, what Samet. i was gonna say was like yes we're coming off from a really big three nil win but that could also get to our heads now you know, you know who's coach do i need to tell you uh, okay okay okay oh god yes <laughs> are you born <laughs> Samet, what's your prediction? I told you. I said it's going to be a close uh, win, 2-1. We're going to save up those goals for another game. Trabzon. Yeah. All right. So Maybe 2-1 we'll, uh, and 3 nothing. John, you said? 3 nothing. yeah. All right. All right. Um, well, I think it's time to end. And um, one thing I wanted to say for everyone listening, thank you. Thank you a lot. You guys are awesome. The messages we get on Twitter, Instagram, wherever, it motivates us a lot. We share them between each other. We reply back. And we love the community. We do it for the community. And we are the community. So, um, yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Our handle is at the Lions Den GS. And we also have a Discord. So DM us and you'll get a private invite to our Discord where we hang out, game, watch the game, play other games, and do a shit ton of other things as well. So I'd like to say everyone have a very, very great evening, morning or night, whatever you're doing, in wherever you're doing. Bye-bye. Thank you. See you. Peace. Bye. Bak ben bunları konuşmak istemiyorum fakat burada olmayacak şeyler oluyor. Bak hoş değil. Bak yanlış. Burada 
Bir tarih var bu tarihi burada yok ettiler. Tamam mı? Bu tarihi burada yok ettiler. Ben daha fazla hiçbir şey, hiçbir şey söylemeyeceğim. 